You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by members for members. In season four, members discuss back-to-school issues and ideas with Kayla Potter. Hello and welcome. I am Kayla Potter and today I am joined by Beth Ablot. In this episode, we'll be discussing engaging and encouraging community college students. Beth, can you introduce yourself and what you do? Yes, I'm Beth Ablot. I teach writing and literature at Lane Community College in Eugene. Wonderful. So with classes starting up again this month, how do you approach the first few meetings with the class? How do you get to know them and engage with students? Well, the wonderful thing about us being in the uh, technological age is I start actually a week before school starts when the online page comes up. Uh, My class is populated with students and I send my students an email a week before and say, welcome to the class. You still have a week of summer vacation. Ignore this if you want to. But if you're an eager beaver and want to see what you're in for, now's the time. I give them a syllabus. I give them a reading list. I give them a list of the assignments. I think it makes them feel a little bit more secure before the first day of class because that's always scary. Yeah, helps with some of those nerves, maybe. So then when you get into the first few weeks of school and classes are going, how do you get to know your students then? Oh, I uh, the first week, I have them uh, introduce themselves with me with a personal narrative. I teach a writing class, so it's writing, it's a different genre of writing, it's personal writing. Um, I give it a grade, but not really a hefty one. And uh, it gives me a sense of where they are academically and uh, what their writing skills are, where we need to work. It gives me an idea of the entire class, as a matter of fact, so that I can change assignments, I can tinker with it. But it also gives them a chance to tell me what I need to know about them, about their writing background. Um, I teach freshman comp. That's a course everybody's scared of. Nobody wants to take. Uh, I want to give them a little encouragement with that. Also, also um, with the last few years of pandemic, I ask them, how have you been? Um, what has been your experience? Because I'm finding that the students now are different than the students were a couple of years ago. And sometimes they are so grateful. They say, thank you so much for asking. It's been rough. Um It's a personal connection that I think is so important. It sounds like a good way to build a relationship with your students at the beginning of the year. Yes, it seems to work. Um, they, They seem to be grateful for it. Is there anything you do in class besides the essay to really engage with them? Or do you use what they took in their narrative and incorporate it into class at all or how you build your relationships with them? Oh, often, often I'll tell the students, it seems like many of you, I I don't talk about them individually, of course, their private lives, but I say, you know, many of you 
Oh, at Lane, a lot of people want to go into the nursing program. A lot of people want to go into the dental hygiene program. I'm treating them as individuals, not just as students, and hoping that they bond with each other and they work with each other. It's not competitive. They're working together. They look around. They say, oh, oh, I'm not the only one who's trying to do this. Um, so I try to build community within the student group itself, too. I can imagine that might be kind of hard for some uh, community college students to engage in that. How do you get them all on board? Well, um, the thing is, community college students um, are different from regular traditional college students. There's a huge diversity in age and experience, everything from the 18-year-old straight out of high school who have chosen a community college Oh, for a number of reasons, either financial or um, they feel like they need to improve on their high school experience, all the way to the older students who maybe have not been in school for decades and are um, coming off of uh, being um, leaving a job, needing new skills, things like this. And so... Um, I think my job is to encourage them. I think this diversity is actually good for everybody. Uh, everybody learns from it. I do too. I learn a lot. That's why I like community colleges so much. Um, they're bringing their experience and to show them that they have something to contribute to the class. It's not a passive learning experience. It's not, I'm the teacher, they're the student all the time. I let them teach each other about their experiences and help each other. Um, I, th I think that's very important at every level, but uh, especially at this one, I think. A little bit of cooperative learning, I think, goes a long way. <laughs> yes. Are there strategies you use in your syllabus or course expectations that help support or encourage students? Um, yes. I... Um, in my syllabus, I try to be as explicit as possible. Um, sometimes I worry about whether I'm giving them too much information. I, I don't approve of these syllabi that are like books, but I use the Onlan format of the course. Uh, uh, Lane uses Moodle. And so we have a Moodle page that they can go to all the time. And I give them lots of information, lots of support in lots of different media. Uh, I will do um, oh, pages. I will do links to websites. Uh, I will do videos. Uh, oh, I did a video this morning, as a matter of fact. It's, and and um, classes begin next week. But I'm having the students in one class read the New York Times um, as their readings. I like not having them spend money on textbooks. Textbooks are so expensive at the college level. Uh, and Lane, thank goodness, the library subscribes to the New York Times digitally for everybody who is connected to Lane. I love it. So I use the Times articles for students. This morning, I started thinking, well, some of the students don't get their news from a newspaper. And so I did a video this morning that's basically like, if you're new to the Times, a walkthrough through the newspaper. And I basically just did a video of the New York Times from this morning. 
and showed them all the articles and showed them the difference between the opinion piece and everything. And then told them, hey, look at sports, too. That's always fun. Um, I just try to approach them from many different angles to where they always have the information. Some students don't like asking questions. And even though I try to make myself available for them, I try to get it there before they need it. I really appreciate you uh, using the New York Times as a, a teaching component instead of the textbooks. I think that that is really helpful, especially for students who may be a little bit more financially uh, stressed, particularly around textbooks, because I remember they are expensive. <laughs> oh, they're very expensive. And the Times... Um, I tell them, I even have a section uh, that, I, that I send out to them and say, why are we reading the New York Times? And I say, it's, it's a newspaper of record. Um, it's influential all across the world. And it happens to be free. Um, it's not, I don't need to apologize for having people read it, especially because I give them their choice. I'm not, I am definitely not going one political side or another. I tell them, avoid politics if you want to. Uh, but I think it's part of my job as an educator. Um, we're, we're raising citizens. We're raising people that we want the critical thinking. We want the awareness and the ability to read critically, to, to analyze, uh, and to use logic and to form our own opinions about what people are writing about. And I think uh, the New York Times, the other uh, newspapers of record in this country, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the LA Times, I think, um, in any of those are um, excellent sources for just reading. And plus, it's free, which is always good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so then when students um, get your course syllabus, is there, do you have an or open door policy where they can contact you and you'll get back to them quickly? How do they um, connect with you? Oh, I, I have uh, office hours, uh, either in person or by Zoom, but I'm also available by appointment, we say, but it basically means you can email me. Um, I've spoken to students by phone. Um, I will I, I just want to be available, and I think that might be the key to support students, probably at any level, but I think community college students, um, they may not have had that support in the past, or they may not uh, associate that with academics, and um, I think the students really appreciate my being available basically seven days a week. Uh, I am really quick at getting back with emails. And um, in terms of written assignments, um, I think it's key to be quick. I give them lots of feedback, hopefully helpful feedback. Uh, I like the constructive criticism, but I do it quickly. I do it quickly because the, um, the term is 11 weeks, which really isn't that long. And I'd like them to get back the week's assignment with my comments before the next assignment goes. Um, and that um, the, the students seem to appreciate the, both the, the amount of feedback and how fast it is. I think that's very important. 
Yeah, we heard that you've received a lot of positive feedback and reviews from your students. Do you think anything else has contributed to that besides your uh, quick communication with them? Well, I think that's the main thing. Available? That's the main thing. Um, I'm also, uh, as we said, I, I'm interested in them. Um, I I want pictures of their babies, you know, and their dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I um, want them to feel that uh, I'm not just their teacher. I'm I'm, I'm not close enough to them to be a friend, but I'm somebody who's really concerned about them. I also know that with community college, um, there are other places they need to be. They have other responsibilities, no matter what age, no matter what background they are. Um, I tell my students, I know that in each class period, there are at least three other places they need to be, either at work or at home or with a family or cooking or cleaning or something or reading a book or playing a sport. And I appreciate the fact, I respect the fact that they are registered, that they are in school. It's not required of them. Um, And they are taking the time to be in school. Um, And I I think I convey that to them, that I do respect them. And actually, I'm impressed with them, uh, especially the ones who are coming back to school after a gap. That takes a lot of courage. And I, I am in awe of my students, uh, all of them. Maybe they feel that. It sounds like you go out of your way to learn about them and build some really positive relationships. I, I try. I wish I had had a, a teacher at my university who was more like you. I feel like I had some relationships where they got to know me, but for the most part, it was I was just another kid in the room. Um, <laughs> and so I think that that would have been really powerful and um, a nice connection to have. Um, do you have any advice for someone who might be new in teaching at a community college or just starting out this fall? Um, I th- I think it's a challenge at a community college because community colleges get a um, reputation for being easier and for being students who aren't as prepared or as ready. And uh, actually, um, I I have taught at um, a number of different kinds of universities, the large research universities, a couple of them, some small private liberal arts schools. I love community colleges. I think the academics are equal. Um, My colleagues are equal in terms of intelligence, talent, learning. And um, I think someone going into a community college setting needs to realize that, you know, there are different challenges, um, but we're offering the academic equivalent of any school in the country. And I believe that firmly. Um, I, I would hold my writing classes up to any, any other class and my students probably up to them too. Um, so I think that's important. Do you have any advice to them on how they could build relationships with the students? Um, ask questions. Oh, and talk about themselves. Of course. Uh, as in any kind of relationship, uh, I uh, try not to talk too much about my grandchildren, but I'm always willing to show a picture of my dog. <laughs> and 
Uh, <laughs> and then when students bring up something in class or online, um, you know, to say, oh, you know, I've had that too or something. Uh, I have even, um, maybe I'm doing it this fall too, saying, um, you know, let's share recipes if you want to, you know, um, um, just to broaden the spectrum a little bit, uh, to let them know you're human and you have a life outside the classroom too. I think, I think that's important that we're, we're working together. Um, and I'll succeed if they succeed. Uh, it's not an antagonistic relationship between the teacher and the student. I would love for all my students to get A's. I think that would be absolutely incredible. It's never happened, but, um, um, I, their success is my success. And I try to convey that to them. Beautiful. I love that you're yourself with them and you're sharing about your life too. Um, I feel like I always connected more with educators who shared a little bit more about themselves so I could see who they were outside of the classroom as the same way they saw who I was outside of the classroom (laughs) as well. Okay. So if we have any high school educators who might be listening right now, do you have any tips for how they could best prepare their students for college? Yes, um, I, I think confidence. I, I, I felt this um, when I first started teaching. I've always taught college. <clears throat> and usually the um, freshman, sophomore level college And it's occurred to me that the students who actually are more successful in college, no matter what kind of college they go to, are the ones that are confident. It's not necessarily the ones that are most talented or even the most intelligent. Um, It's the ones that have confidence that they can succeed. Um, So I would suggest that to high school uh, teachers, that um, to to encourage their students and to let them know um, that's that's what I try to do in my writing classes, actually, to prepare them for the next one, is uh, to make sure that if some the teacher stands up there and says uh, there's going to be a long essay at the end of the class, they're not shivering immediately. They know, I can do it. I can do it. Um, to give them the tools and to let them know that they've got the tools. I think that's important. Yeah, that that's a skill, confidence, and uh, that has to be worked on over the time too. It doesn't just show up there. So no, it if we're doesn't. working on it in <clears throat> elementary, mid, high, hopefully by the time they enter a community college, they feel a little ready and a little more confident about their skills and what they want to do and know that their opinion and voice is important and valued. Okay. So it sounds like maybe your ideas on supporting students have shifted over the years. Has it shifted? Were there things you did at the beginning of your career that you do differently now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Yes. Uh, I think at the beginning when I first started teaching, I've been teaching for decades now. Um, When I first started teaching, um, I don't think... Um, I think I was more hesitant not to, um, oh, now this is hard. This is what we were talking about before. 
I think when I first started teaching, I was worried about overloading the students with too much information. And now I respect the students' abilities to weed out what they don't need. Uh, I'm more willing now to repeat myself, to give things, as I said before, in different formats. Um, And I think now, um, maybe because of the experience I have, um, I'm more relaxed about sharing things, personal things from myself and asking from them. Um, and and building a different sort of relationship with them. I'm less concerned with professionalism. I'm more concerned with supporting them as individuals, I believe. Do you think that has had an impact on your students' success and engagement in your classes? Um, I think so. I've always been lucky. Uh, students have always found me <laughs> amusing and funny, uh, and interesting <laughs> at least. Um, but I think now I'm seeing more solid, um, that feedback about the things I was saying, um, the, the very definite solid, um, that I give them feedback, that I comment on things. Many of them come from high schools with very overcrowded, uh, English classrooms where, it's not the teacher's fault. It's not the teacher's fault at all. But sometimes the teachers that have so many students can't possibly uh, give ample feedback. And so now they get to college. One thing I like about community colleges is you have smaller class sizes. And I do have, it's a luxury that I can sit down with each paper and give each paper the time that it deserves and each student the time it deserves. So as we've been talking about getting to know the students individually, I realize that's a luxury that I have that many teachers just simply don't have. I think it's important. I think the students appreciate it. So I think those of us who do have that luxury should definitely, um, it, it counts. It counts a lot. Uh, I I think especially when the students have to go next to a class, an amphitheater with 200 students in it, it's it's good for them to get a little bit of of, uh, personal attention, I think. Yeah, I bet they have fond memories of you and think back to the times that you've supported them. Uh, I have fond memories Um, of a lot of them, too. (laughs) (laughs) So before we end, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with listeners? Um, Just that teaching has basically been my whole life. I cannot imagine being in another field where I learned so much from the students. And I like to tell them that I've learned from them. Um, and I love keeping in touch with them afterwards. Many of them I have kept in touch with. That just shows how well you built those relationships up. Well, thank you. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us today, Beth. Um, and have a great school year, OEA. Goodbye. Goodbye.
For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit our webpage at grow.oregoned.org.